Support for this podcast comes from RecX. RecX stands for Recruitment Explained and is the brand new event from the National Online Recruitment Academy, which has been inspired by TED Talks. It's taking place in the Leicester Square Theatre in London on the afternoon of Tuesday the 20th of June. Ten of the most prominent talent attraction leaders will be filmed giving brief, intense and passionate talks about their path to recruiting excellence. To book your ticket, go to recx.net, that's R-E-C-E-X dot net, click tickets and use the discount code RFPODCAST to get 25% off the price. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 94 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The trends in tech recruiting are something that every employer should be paying attention to. Even if your company isn't currently recruiting tech professionals, it's important to know what's happening in the sector as the methodologies and practices that are being used for tech recruitment today are likely to be used by everyone tomorrow. It really is the bellwether sector of our industry. So who better to get us up to speed with developments in tech recruiting than Hung Lee, founder of Workshape.io. Hung always has some unique insights to share and I know lots of you will find this interview incredibly useful. Hi Hung, how are you? I'm very well Matt, how are you doing? Very good. Um, Welcome to the podcast. If you could just introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yep, um, so my name's Hung Lee. I'm the founder of a a talent matching service called Workshape.io. It's a product that basically helps companies uh, that need to hire software developers do so uh, very efficiently uh, and without using uh, recruitment agents. And you've got quite an interesting background because you used to be a recruiter, didn't you? So perhaps you could sort of tell us about how you went from uh, recruiter to technology platform founder. Yeah. So uh, firstly, uh, what you need to know, Matt, is that everything I do is generally completely accidental. So um, not none of it was strategically thought out in any way. Um, but basically, I went into to recruitment as you do. Um, so I worked as, a, as an agent for about 10 years or so. Um, uh, recruiting, uh, you know, back then it was uh, the new media people. Um, we didn't quite know how to call web developers and, uh, and what have you. Um, and sort of, I, I left the recruitment agency business around 2009 when I kind of was doing, in many respects, a, a not dissimilar thing to yourself, Matt, where, you know, my focus was really to, to study um, the, the trends, the technology trends that were occurring at the time and, and how they were going to affect recruiting. Um, so I sort of fashioned a, a mini career as a, as a consultant for about three or four years when I was advising companies on how to do things like direct hiring and, and, and what have you. Um, and it just so happened that in the course of that work that I ended up speaking to a lot of tech startup companies, working with a lot of those businesses um, and, and doing a lot of that scale up work. Um, and eventually knew enough uh, developers myself that people said that, you know, eventually you should launch something uh, yourself as in, in recruitment tech and see whether you can contribute to it in a different way. So 
Um, that's basically how I segued into to becoming an agent first and an in-house guy and then now, a, 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 I guess, a software vendor. So tech recruitment is very much your area. Now, um, there are a lot of people who work in tech companies who listen to the podcast and also um, a lot of people who don't. But, um, you know, most companies have um, some kind of tech hiring need or problems hiring tech people. Um at the moment could you what sort of trends are you seeing in this space what does the what does the what does the what does the market look like well i mean i think everyone who who's in 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 the space would recognize that it's a very challenging thing to do to to hire software people um i think what uh, so that's a given i don't think anybody really enjoys it um uh, the question has now i think everyone's accepted that you need to be a bit more creative um uh, to to have a competitive advantage um, uh, in order to do it. So what I do see in tech recruiting is that typically a lot of the more innovative techniques and, and tools that you would see um, uh, happen in tech recruiting first um, before they start bleeding out into sort of other areas of the market. And that's driven simply by demand. You cannot get away with simply sticking a, 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 an advert on a classic job board, for instance, um, I think the, the people who do tech recruiting have probably know that more um, than people who might be more general recruiters, I'd say. Do you see the market getting even more difficult with, with things like Brexit and um, some of the other pressures on immigration in other areas of the world? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I mean, if, if you're looking at the um, percentage of EU talent that currently exists within tech startups in, in the UK, um, th- those figures would be would be very surprising, I think, to someone outside of the uh, outside of the industry. Um, but it's typically more than fifty percent um, of your developer team would be non-UK EU citizens, um, and and that may even be understating the case. So if if what what Brexit does is essentially uh, cut off a very large percentage of the talent pool um, that UK tech companies have have been. Uh, previously reliant on um, and, and right now I'm not seeing really any kind of direction from the government to see how that's going to be replaced um, so I think yes um, uh, tech companies in the UK have very big decisions to make um, and I think you could probably split th- that decision into two big buckets um, you need to either invest more now um, uh, to recruit the people that you want um, or you might need to give up on it and offshore it um, and, and set up a, a dev team uh, where it's easier to recruit the people. Um, so big decisions need to happen in UK business, I think. For those for those companies who you know want to really kind of stand out and 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 be competitive and 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 be the kind of the first choice place that developers that the the, the shrinking pool of developers and other tech talent would go um what, what should people be doing you sort of mentioned that um people had to be more creative when it came to when it came to tech recruitment what what kind of approaches are you seeing what what's working what are people what do people need to be aware of yeah mindset shift um matt the, and the big mindset shift is really to move away from candidate funneling i would say um so if you think about the you know, the classic candidate funnel that uh, all recruiters are sort of taught how to, uh, how to use, um, that mentality, I think, no longer is effective when you deploy into a marketplace where the labor is so tight. But in, in English, what this means is um, an in-demand software developer is not going to subject himself or herself through a funneling type of process. 
Um, so where we're seeing um, uh, innovative and, and really, I think, uh, uh, competitive advantage from tech companies is that they've shifted away from thinking you've got to process all these people uh, and more towards this always on type of attitude to having conversations with people that they may one day recruit. Um, uh, and that really transforms how you behave as a recruitment business or as a, a, a recruitment function within a business. Um, if you think that your task is really to try and have positive contact points with a lot of people that you care about rather than just isolating one or two people and trying to process them. Um, and I think that, you know, forget about technology tooling or whatever, that's a mindset shift. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, that's something that I've heard a lot of from, um, you know, guests on the show who kind of work in this, work in this area. Um, I think one of the other interesting, um, areas around this is some of the, some of the sort of myths that, um, crop up about how you should um, engage with um, technical talent. What kind of myths do you see in the work that you do and what's the what's the real truth? Um, uh, the, the myth is that um, uh, basically developers are interested in, you know, trivial perks. Um, I think a lot of people would assume that, you know, um, we've got a, 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 a foosball table in the office um, is sufficient to try and bridge that cultural gap, if you like, um, between what a, a, a company wants and what a person wants. Um, I think that um, the reality is um, a, a developer is very much like, surprise, surprise, uh, any other human being, um, and they care more uh, about the people they work with and, and, and the work that they'll be doing um, uh, over and above everything else. So what companies really have to do is to try and get those two elements um, into the message as soon as possible. Um, uh, so this is the people that they'll be working with um, and that is the, and, and the work that they'll be doing. You need to get those two bits of information um, as early into the conversation as you can um, uh, and do so in a way where it's kind of consumable. Um, so what I mean by that is that, you know, what you don't do is send a, you know, a very long pitch email to somebody and expect them to really pay too much attention to that. Um, uh, what you've got to do is provide a way in which this person can interact with these two components. Can they meet the team, for instance? Can they have some sort of visibility, uh, as to the work you actually be doing? Um, and do that in advance of, uh, this uh, of any assessment that you'd be, you be doing. So it's not a case that you provide this information um, during an assessment flow. You provide this information as, of course, right at the beginning of the process, browsable, accessible to whoever it is that might encounter it. We've talked about mindset change being the most important thing, but but obviously technology tools are part of the picture here. Now, um, we see lots of sort of new technologies being launched in the recruitment tech space. What do you think the role of technology is? Where can it really add value um, in this in this market? You know what, Matt? I think that technology needs to um, almost have a single use for it to be truly valuable um, for the, the end user. Um, and what I mean by this is that I think the era of, of having a one-stop shop, um, you know, a, a massive big ATS system that does everything that you could possibly uh, dream of, I think that era of, 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 of solution is really moving away. It just requires too much commitment from the end user um, uh, and too much workflow uh, change uh, from the end user for it to be effective. 
Um, so what I would suggest uh, and what I see is that th there's basically um, services and apps that will f make one part of a recruitment flow better um, and the end user will have a kind of a pick and mix approach to um, you know those tools um, that uh, that uh, might fit his uh, or her kind of way of working. So, for instance, you might have a, a tool that helps you schedule an email, uh, or you might have a tool that helps you coordinate interviews, or you might have another tool that helps you do a quick video interview. Um, all of those things um, don't need to exist under the same umbrella uh, of, a, of, a, of a single piece of software. I think the better if it's a, it's a single-use type of business, single-use tool, um, that a recruiter can pick up and use. So I'm not sure if I've answered your question exactly there, Matt, but I would say almost every part of your recruitment activity, uh, there is now um, a, a service or a tool that can help you get faster. Um, and I think that the tools I would recommend are the ones that do that one thing only um, so that gives you the flexibility as to whether you want to use it or not. I mean, that makes a lot of sense in terms of having having something that's 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 been created for a specific purpose by by people who really understand that part of the workflow um i suppose for that to really work effectively there's got to be kind of a high level of um integration and interoperability can't even say that um between between these two platforms between between these platforms um in the past that seems to have been an issue with recruitment technology getting different systems talking to each other and working together is is that changing can we can we expect to see um easier better integrations in, in the future in the way that we see them um in in the kind of um you know in other aspects of business technology yeah i think so i mean if you look at the the, the ats scene um that's still pretty much dominated by some of the you know, uh, grand old businesses that we all know, um, uh, you know, the Taleos of this world and, and all the rest of it. Um, but if you look at the, the ATSs that are really exciting um, users these days, um, uh, the likes of Lever, the likes of Greenhouse and, and Workable and those types of products, they're very modern modern um, systems and they've been built to be inter interoperable. Um, uh, you know, I think the, the vision that these companies have is that they don't want to necessarily eat the entire cake. Um, you know, they, they understand that if they, um, uh, that they, they understand that they don't want to be, um, that type of one-stop shop. What they do want to do is be a very important part, um, of the recruitment, uh, person's, uh, toolkit, um, and then connect seamlessly, as seamlessly as you can with other products out there. Um, and, and I think that the, the, the new generation of software generally works uh, in that way. It's been built, I think, uh, with, with those ideas baked in. So, so I definitely see decoupled, modular, interoperable, uh, probably three important words to think about when you're, you're looking at purchasing uh, software. So I need to make sure that I can actually say interoperable. There we are. I did it. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, in, interesting, um, you know, very, very interesting insights there. And, you know, it seems to reflect what a lot of other people are, other people are saying. One of the, I suppose one of the things about the recruitment tech space is there is a lot of um, spin, lots of talk about, um, you know, emerging technologies, whether that's, you know, artificial intelligence or um, virtual reality or whatever it, whatever it might be. Well, what's your sort of pragmatic view of, of the future? I mean, there's obviously some fantastic um, emerging technologies out there that we can all see would have a, um, 
uh, re- you know really benefit the the recruitment industry but what's really likely to happen what what's kind of top of your radar when it comes to new new technologies yeah i think that um automated sourcing i think will happen um so this may be a uh, kind of the logical uh next step for for the people aggregator world um so these are products that uh, would uh collate uh, social data from a uh, from a single individual and, and they present it into an, uh, a kind of an aggregated profile that they'd create. Um, but I think automation can operate in that space very easily where you can basically set up a robot to help you do the sourcing. Um, and maybe maybe even first touch, sort of first contact could be taken care of um, in, a, in an automated way uh, in this way. So um, I think that probably will be the next practical um, uh, innovation that recruiters will see, essentially a way to automate um, sourcing. Um, I think that will happen. Now, as long as I've known you, you've always been a great curator of um, information and, you know, someone who um, enthusiastically um, consumes lots of lots of content and and passes those sort of recommendations on to other people. Um, You've got this great newsletter that comes out every Sunday afternoon that I'm very much enjoying reading. Um, Could you tell everyone a little bit about it, what's in it and how they might subscribe to it? Sure. So, so this is um, on hiring, um, recruiting brain food for the week ahead. So um, the concept is there was so much crap out there, Matt. I mean, I, I think you and I are the same way in the sense that we, we, we are very sensitive to, to good quality content um, for the audience we care about, which is, you know, people in the recruiting world. Um, but I think there's a lot of kind of this co- these content farms out there that are just pumping out, um, you know, endless uh, rehashes of, of, of really old stuff. Um, and I got annoyed with that. And I started, you know, collecting bits of, uh, of content, which I thought was, was interesting for me. Um, and I was saving it in, in uh, a tool I had. And then I realized, hang on, if I'm already archiving and, and saving this uh, this great content, why can't I just share it with other people anyway? Because um, if I'm interested, maybe you know some other people would be as well. Um, so I started the the newsletter about six months ago, and the idea is, look, um, every week, uh, Sunday morning actually, I'm going to send a curated list. Um, of of what I think are very interesting things that recruiters should read, um, and the idea is it's going to be recruiting brain food um, for your uh, for your week ahead. So uh, have a nice cup of coffee in the morning on Sunday, have a read of these uh, articles, have a browse around. Hopefully, it'll give you some inspiration uh, for the working week that you've got going forward. Um, so that's that's basically what the the project is. It's as simple as that. So just to put you on the spot slightly here, um, what what are the kind of best couple of articles that you've that you've come across and shared in in the last few weeks? Um, I am on the spot. I'll tell you what. One thing was very good from uh, uh, this is from Hired.com, um, which is the overview of the impact of Brexit. Let's say um, on the UK tech scene. I thought that was an essential read. Um, something all people really need to pay, uh, all people in the UK at least need to pay attention to. Um, and there's lots of interesting stuff that's happening uh, around the future of work. Um, so I think, you know, companies that are that that are looking at automation, literally roboticization of the workforce, um, that seems to to, to be uh, a, a prevalent topic that's now expanded beyond recruiting. I think. Um, so lots of non-recruitment people are interested in this uh, in, in this in, in this uh, in this phenomena. 
Uh, and you know what, Matt? There's a lot of political stuff happening. I mean, it's a spillover of, uh, as to you know what's happening with the future of work. If it, if it is the case, for instance, that um, you know a great deal of humanity is due to be made redundant because they they're actually not economically viable anymore, um, then of course that has huge political implications. So. Um, I can't quite cite the name of the of, of the, the 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 documents that I've saved, but I'm very interested to explore um, that type of future thinking because I think that future is probably closer than we realise. So, where can people find you and connect with you online? Sure. So, probably online. Um, I'm around on Twitter, so at Hung Lee. Um, uh, follow me there or DM me there. I'm, I'm kind of more than happy to converse that way. Um, or anybody can catch me. To be honest with you, Matt, I'm a bit of a uh, fairly promiscuous when it comes to, to social media. So if you want to connect with me on Facebook, you can do that or on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to do that as well. Hung, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, Matt. Great. Thanks for having me on. My thanks to Hung Lee. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, or download the show app on your smartphone. Just search for Recruiting Future in your app store. You can listen to all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.